Happy holidays, everybody! Welcome to the Subatours 2021 Christmas Special. Woo-hoo! Jingle bells. Sorry, I just tried. You know that sound, that jingling sound. I, I, I can't. I'm not the. I'm not the you guy from. You sounded like maracas. You didn't sound like jingle bells. Yeah, I'm not the dude from Police Academy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so given the pandemic, it might it might not feel as Christmassy as a lot of the previous years. So for this episode, we're just gonna keep it simple to ignite the holiday spirit with our holiday season Woo-hoo! staples. So we're just gonna be churning out some titles that we love watching during this season. And uh, we actually had a quick survey on Instagram asking you guys what movies you like to watch during this season, and we'll share some of ours as well. So this is another their fun crowdsourced episode. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for <laughs> validating us, for noticing us, and, you know, interacting with us. It's always fun. Yes, it is. And uh, you might find that for this uh, season, the Christmas season, a lot of people have a lot of things in common. So we're, we're sharing movies and love and all the fuzzy feelings that come with these kinds of flicks. So let's get to it. All right. So um, I think I just want to start with asking you guys, are you the types of people who have this staple Christmas movie? Like, is there a particular movie you can't go a year without watching it? And if you don't watch it, the holiday season just doesn't feel complete. Like, are you one of those peeps? Avengers Endgame. But then again, that's not a Christmas movie. So (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. What the hell did you do for the first 30 years of your life before Avengers Endgame got made? (laughs) If that's your Christmas tradition. Uh, no, no, of course not. What about you, Misha? You, you can go first. You know, yes, I do. I do actually. And over the past few years, actually, uh, I've tried to shake it up and mix it up. But whenever I do that, my 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 family inevitably makes me put Die Hard back on. It's either it's got to be Die Hard and Love Actually because you know these are just I don't know they just became staples at some point. I've mm-hmm. tried to inject other movies in there. I tried to mix it up. I put. Like other movies on the playlist, but they're all like, "Why isn't it Die Hard?" <laughs> or or wh- "When are we gonna get to Love Actually?" I'm like, "Oh, I see. Okay, well, I tried. I try. I tried to do programming, but I failed." <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but it's how about you, Angel? Die Hard is not your buena movie. <laughs> wow, you're e- you're you're eating food while you know while, while things are exploding in the background and, yeah. and people are dying. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, hard. Oh, interesting. They're interesting. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Wow. Punny. How about you, Angel? Uh, well, no, I don't think I have a staple. You know, like like I have to see this this one movie every year. But as long as it it makes me feel happy on Christmas Day, hmm. then that that's completely fine. Because I've gone through like a, a lineup of diff- many different Christmas movies throughout the years. You know, there are a few few movies that have gone have been played more than once. Um, namely, Love Actually and Home Alone, but I wouldn't say it's yeah, tradition because you know, it's like it really just depends on my mood. I want to mm. watch something funny. I want to watch something romantic. I want to watch something like violent, like Die Hard. But <laughs> <laughs> it really depends. All right, so uh, I feel like such a Grinch <laughs> for answering this, but honestly, I didn't really grow up in a household where we would sit together and watch movies. It was just never our thing. 
I typically like to enjoy movies at home by myself to avoid the annoying commentary from my parents or my brothers. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, not our thing. So, I tended to avoid Christmas movies because they're usually about families coming together and shit. And if it were a rom-com, I usually don't get to spend Christmas with my significant other anyway. So, that would just remind me of what I didn't have. So, like... Grinch, 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 Grinch. So yeah. That's Um, valid. That's valid. It's fine. It's fine. So, you know, I'm that person at the holiday party drinking wine in the corner while everybody's all merry and I'm just like, ugh, when is this going to be over? So, you know, for those of you who might have like lonely holidays or just if Christmas just isn't your thing, that's okay. I'm with you on that boat. But I do watch Christmas-themed movies sometimes, but I was never really one to celebrate them during the season. I feel like watching this movie because, let's say, uh, the latest one I watched. Um, happiest season with Kristen Stewart. I just, mm-hmm. wa- I think I watched that in August <laughs> or July, <laughs> like far from Christmas. But I just like felt like watching it. But when when the season rolls around, I kind of nah, not my thing. I actually did catch that sometime in July. I think. I think I saw it in the summer also. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine. You can watch Christmas movies whenever you want. It's yeah, like, it's can, your can choice. I, can I say the thing about Christmas movies that that um, I find is that. I, I get what you're saying because a lot of the sentiment that the 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 ones that aren't as well made, the sentiment that they push is just so so forced. It's like you have to be happy, you have to be a certain way, you have to be cheerful, and you know, family has to love each other, blah, and it has to be this way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I could see how that would get so really bloody annoying. And some mm-hmm. movies, like you 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 can tell that they were just made to cash in on the holiday, also. Yeah, like a lot of Hallmark movies. <laughs> Except those movies have their fans, you know. Yeah, yeah, they do, Marcus. they do, and every <laughs> every year Hallmark and Netflix, market. you know, they're proud of announcing how many. Like we have forty-seven Christmas movies this year. Oh, yes, wow. yes, and forty-seven. Ninety percent of them will have you know, some big town person going into a small town and ending up stuck there to discover something they didn't even know they were looking for. But you know, that's <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Some I think there'll be a dog, maybe a cute kid, you know, there'll be a Christmas tree it's, in the it's square. The same. But you know. These Hallmark <laughs> movies, you know, are essentially the same stories, just you know, with a different skin mm-hmm. on top of each one. You know, it's yeah. either a different town, a different career, you know, switch them up with like who's you know, like the the powerful male figure becomes the powerful female figure. But I, don't I think know. that's like, why the one the Christmas movies that really appeal to me aren't the traditionally sentimental ones, for example. Like Love actually is rather they're quite subversive in its treatment of the entire mm. rom-com thing. Die Hard is, yeah. you know, it's fucking Die Hard. And Home Alone is just fucking Die Hard in a house. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, these are not yeah, the your typical. Still. This is not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. This isn't Frosty the Snowman. You know, these aren't the movies that are forcing you to be happy. These are movies that mm-hmm. you know, you, yeah, you can have a good time with them any time of the year. Honestly, yep. Yeah, yep. that's, that's why I, I appreciated Happiest Season because it talks about the dysfunctional family yes. dynamic and how for a lot of people, 
they're actually dreading the holidays because they get to see like all the annoying family members or the nosy titas or like yeah. the sibling that you've always had a problem with and they're suddenly going to unearth all of these years worth of trauma. You know, that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So I, I, I particularly enjoy that because it wasn't all fuzzy and, you know, it was real. Cuddly. It, yeah, it, it, was it was real. Because, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of us like have these things that we're, we deal with with families that we don't want to talk about and then, you know, you're, you're eventually subjected to the time you have to spend with your family because of the holidays. So, yeah. you know, like we all can relate to that. That's, that's mm-hmm. why I, I also like that movie. Yeah. That's the case too. And Aubrey Plaza. Ah, Aubrey oh, Plaza. <sighs> So uh, we can get to um, the films themselves since we've already mentioned some of them earlier on. So we actually got some answers with multiple people saying the same thing. So we can start with those and talk about why these certain movies are considered classics and why a lot of people have answered the same thing. So first off, something you already mentioned, Home Alone, <laughs> of course. That's, one of, that's probably one of my favorites. And, yeah. yeah. That's everybody's favorite, I think. One. For everybody who wants to and hear an extended discussion on Home Alone, we did an episode on it last year. Link in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) We did talk about this in last year's Christmas episode. So it's available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. That was a fun episode. Yeah. That was a good transition. Thank you. We're we're getting better at this shit. (laughs) Wow. Look at us after uh, more than a year. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Um, I think I said it last year, but the reason I love this movie is because it's like it balances the wish fulfillment with the slapstick with the cartoon violence and some <laughs> honest emotion that you really don't see coming in a in a in a major slapstick silly movie like this Mm-hmm. And something I already mentioned earlier, it also touches on the um, dysfunctional family Absolutely. dynamic. Because mm-hmm. like Kevin, for some fucking reason, just always gets left behind. Yeah, and why? Why is Uncle Frank? Why does he exist? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> a jerk. Because you know, there's always this one gold digging mem- family member that you know <laughs> that everybody thinks is a jerk, but everybody just has to deal with because you know he's family. And that's Uncle Frank. That is true. And that's our titas who's always asking, Oh, kailan ka ikakasal? Kailan ka mag-aakaanak? Mm, tumataba ka yata. Mm. Parang na, yun yung pinaka-nakainis eh, diba? <laughs> it's the holidays, tita. Yeah. <laughs> Bakit? Ikaw, pare, mataba ka pa rin. <laughs> or like, you know, just because my worldview doesn't subscribe to yours, doesn't align with yours, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Because uh-huh. all you ever yes, wanted yes. to do in life was get married. <laughs> oh damn! Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> so I feel I feel like all of these traps and like all this pain Kevin starts to inflict on on the the, the robbers are kind of like what we'd wish we could do to oh our God. annoying relatives. I never read the movie that way. What the <laughs> shit? <laughs> well, that's like that's a different yeah, kind of like wish. Kevin was projecting <laughs> his anger and his hey. family onto these. Two poor, helpless criminals (laughs) who just wanted stuff. (laughs) But they they don't die. (laughs) It's fine. Nobody dies. So So they weren't going up against Baby Jigsaw. They were going up against Kevin's family issues. (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. I have a question now. What? Who do you think would win with prep time? Kevin McAllister or Batman? 
Wow, I, I genuinely don't know how to answer that. I I say Kevin because he doesn't have the budget. <laughs> so with that, with how much money he has compared to Batman's, he can do so much more if given Batman's there, budget. There was this time probably. that um, Just probably, Macaulay probably. Culkin was on, I think it was on Kimmel or something or, you know, one of the Jimmys. And... <laughs> <laughs> one of the Jimmy's. It was Fallon. It was Corden. It was um, you know. Corden is a James. It's still a Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go by Jimmy though. Fine, 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 fine. Uh, anyway, so Macaulay Culkin's all like, you know, sometimes he'll be on a date or whatever, and the girl, you know, they'll be watching movies at home, chilling, and all of a sudden the girl just wants to watch Home Alone, and he said like uh... it's it, at the beginning it was weird. It was weird. That's so crazy. So he's like, he'll just cut to the chase. You just want to say you watched Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin, didn't you? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so he ends up doing it, you know. It's like, why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because, you know, you know you're know, you watching it. You, you, you remember things. You just get into it. At some point, you're mouthing the lines along with the movie. But And then, <laughs> and then he's like, but hey, you know, whatever gets her motor running. So, so I'm like, <laughs> not gonna lie, I probably would date him just to do that, just to say that I watched Home Alone with mm-hmm, Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. That's a weird flex, but you know I, we can accept yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, right? Look at it. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand it. Yeah, <laughs> look at it this like, way: oh, he I had watched... to put up with how many years of just the trauma of just being the Home Alone kid. I'm glad that he's made peace with it. <laughs> Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder how many people just like walk up to him in the street and do the face like, <laughs> <laughs> with or without yelling. <laughs> it's yeah. so iconic. It's probably it's one of the most uh, iconic Christmas movies ever. Mm. Or somebody would just be like, Kevin. Or or okay, and then now and then now we got this this is bullshit remake on Disney Plus. It's called Home Sweet Home Alone. It's called what? Home, Home Sweet, Sweet Home, Alone. Home Alone. And and um the lead character, the boy, is the kid from Jojo Rabbit. Oh, the he's mom, cute. Yeah, but you should see the trailer. Oh my god, no, he's not cute anymore. I didn't see dude. The, the the mom is yeah. the wife from that show um where um Paul Rudd gets cloned and living with myself living with myself that was a great fucking show i wish they'd make a second season yes, and basically it has the the two criminals their husband and wife now in this one they have a legit oh. reason to go into the fucking house because little jojo rabbit kid was a dick to them when they visited their house earlier in the day and next thing they know a two hundred thousand dollar antique doll of theirs is missing <gasps> so they figure the kid so must have anymore, taken huh? it, right? The kid must have taken it, and you know they have every reason in the world to suspect he did because he was just being a little—he was a little jerk. Like you would want to drop this kid through a window if you—if you, he was being a jerk. So MJ, you should see the trailer, like really. Wait, so like the bad okay. guys in this one—they have every valid reason in the world to want their property back. So you can't even hate on them or laugh when they're getting beat to shit because you feel bad for them because they have to deal with this little jerk. And you know how everybody <laughs> always shit. says that Home Alone could never happen today because we got cell phones, we got smartphones, we got GPS, we got all sorts of you know technology that 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 would that, that you could call home. No, they're just really fucking stupid in this movie. But the absolute worst thing is that when the mom calls the cops, the parents call the cops to try and get them to visit the house, the one that shows up is Buzz from the old Home Alone. And he's old and he's fat and he's balding and it's really sad. And then he says that, I don't want to take this call. 
I don't want to take this call to this house because every year before Christmas, my brother prank calls the station that some kid has been left home alone and he's doing it again. <laughs> okay. It's a really bad movie. I know it's a really bad movie. That was the highlight it, of the it, movie. It was really that's, bad. That's, that's, probably, that's a good touch on it. But yeah, I'm curious. We'll see if I'm... No, you will never be drunk season. enough. It's really bad. It, it, was, it was really... Oh, wow. It's probably just really trying to cash in on, you know, how iconic the original movies yeah, were. Course. Much like the Mighty Ducks series was cashing in on how iconic the Mighty Ducks movies I were. I like the series. But the series is actually, the series is actually yeah, good. Not that, like That's fine. This. You can you can play with nostalgia without insulting the audience or without making... Yeah, but this is just insulting. Yeah, garbage. Everything. So bad. Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> so bottom line, stick with Home Alone, the original, and maybe yeah, New York. Yeah, for sure. It's fine too. Yeah. New so York. again, we already talked about this in last year's Christmas episode. So go check it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Link in so, bio. Yeah, thanks to a uh, whole bunch of people who answered Home Alone. To Maxi, to Ben Opinion. Hi, guys. To Call Hello. Me Tiggy, Rob Allo, and my boyfriend, Jason. So, Sina, Sina, yeah, Sina, Sina. Home Alone. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. My boyfriend, Jason. Hi, Jason. Wow. Jason, is it? <laughs> 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 We're going to go to Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay, another one for the Roncom fans is actually Love Actually. Love actually. Something you mentioned already. Uh, mentioned by my amiga Ainara and um, Jules Julian Juno. So, Love, love Actually is classic. Movie. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember the, la- the I love first this time movie. I saw that with my parents? I mean, I, first, I saw it in the cinema. I loved it. And then I saw it with my parents later on. And I completely forgot that there was a porno shoot in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Actually, that was one of my favorite sequences. I love that, but not with your this... No, that yeah, that's funny how you mentioned that scene because you know I first saw this movie with a friend, and then I brought it home. Mom, look at this movie. Watch this movie. Watch this movie with me. <laughs> Played the DVD, and then the porno scene happens. Like, oh shit! And my mom just, just awkward. Oh, but seriously, <laughs> the way that that movie you know kicked off this whole stupid trend of anthology movies, rom- anthology rom coms. Yes, yes. It actually started it's in the 2000s, right? Yeah, late 2000s. Yeah. It was the trend late, of the late yeah. 2000s. Early this 2010s. was in major early yeah. 2000s at our mids. And it, they started this trend of like many different characters and couples whose stories are interweaved into Vaguely one occasion. Yeah. yeah. But this is actually the best one that I can remember out of those kinds of rom-coms. Because like after that came <laughs> New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day, which were both <laughs> yeah, you know, like there, the, the, the very Garbage! clear difference between those those trashy rom com movies trying to cash in on the superstar cast that they had. You know, like there's one clear difference that Love actually had that these other movies didn't. Love actually had a lot of heart in it, and it's reflected in all of the small stories that are being that that are being presented in in in, in the movie. Yes, 
Yeah. And it was cute. It featured couples of all ages. So it was very yeah. relatable to like many kinds of people. You have like old, uh, older couples. You have like the usual rom-com 20s, mm-hmm. 30s uh, protagonists. Mm-hmm. You even have kids. Like the puppy mm-hmm. love. It's just super adorable. But personally, okay, I'm just gonna kind of skip over the fact that maybe the most iconic scene there with, what's his name? Andrew Lincoln and Keira Knightley, you know, the one with it's the signs. It's not romantic. Coral! <laughs> to me, you that are perfect. Not romantic. Without you agenda. Do not yes! To your best friends. It's, Fuck you. Yeah, you're it's, being a dick. Just accept it, bro. Creepy. It is creepy. You lost out. Problematic. It's so, but like a, a lot of a- people ate that shit up. But you know what? Back it's Christmas. Don't do that to your uh-huh. best friends. Friend, come on. You had your shot. You didn't take it. You cannot creep on your best friend's wife after the fact. Yeah, that was problematic. But I don't know. First time I watched it, me and a lot of people were like, oh, that's so sweet. But like when you think about it, it's like… No. When, when I first saw that, I was, was like, like one of the thirty feet away watching the watching TV. Exactly. When, when, I, when, I, when I first saw that, I was like probably one of the few people at that time that said like that's that's kind of a dick move. Like why? It is a dick move because I didn't it's like it. I really didn't like it. I, didn't, I mean, I understand the sentiment. It was ro- supposed to be romantic. It's supposed to be you know a bit unrequited painful. love. That kind unrequited of thing. love. That's why he kind of like does not want to talk to Kier Knightley's character because you know he doesn't want to get hurt. But you know, then again, you go there. And you profess your love, albeit silently, to your you know to your best friend's new wife, you know, because they're newly 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 married. It's an asshole move. I didn't like it, but everything else about the movie I love. Yeah, especially Liam Neeson. (laughs) I completely agree that this movie had heart versus. Look, don't get me wrong, okay? I don't despise Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve, the movies. I like parts of them, but I cannot, like, I just yeah. can't wrap my head around them as a whole. And the fact yeah. that they're both directed by Gary Marshall, whose work I generally like, you know, Princess Diaries and yeah. Pretty Woman, oh, all yeah. these. I, I, I guess he was just really jumping on that trend of these mega star powered mm-hmm. anthology things. But the thing is, those movies were designed around the holidays versus Love Actually wasn't even about Christmas. It was what you guys said. It was about love and all its different forms. And that's Mm -hmm. why it works because it wasn't based on the gimmick of the holiday. It just happened to be during the holiday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as usual, you know, Hollywood producers took the wrong takeaway and they made their own version without understanding what made the original work in the first place. So again, stick to the original. <laughs> Here's the thing. British people know how to make movies like this better than Americans yeah, it's do. it's Richard Curtis. You know, that guy's awesome. Probably in that, in that movie, like, you know, as opposed to what people would think that, oh, my favorite stories are the ones where he ends up with her or she ends up with him. No, but I actually like the story about Bill Nye because he was playing oh God, himself as a recording Nye. artist. Because um, one of, Billy you know, Mac. it was the best part of his Billy Mac best. as a, a recording artist. Uh, as a recording artist trying to, you know, find love you know a good a good time to spend the holidays you know he didn't even know how or who to spend it with and then he finds out you know he just eventually ends up spending time with his manager which is amazing because he didn't ha- his manager also didn't have any anywhere anywhere to go or anyone to see for the holidays so just they just spent it together and that was so genuine I, I love that story and this is something that I'm going to share in the groups um, when this episode premieres I'm going to share the 10 minute sequel that they did for charity <gasps> of love actually where they reunited pretty much uh-huh. the entire cast i oh that was good was so that fucking was good. good they got everybody in this. there except snape for obvious reasons <laughs> and um emma thompson Always. also declined to be in it because 
Snape wasn't there. Snape. Oh, God bless his soul. I don't have any But it's just wonderful because you get to see everybody um, where they are essentially 13, 12, 13 years after the original movie where they're at. You see that um, Colin Firth and, um, you know, and, and, and his former maid, you know, they got the, kids and they're the, the Portuguese. They, they, yeah. And, and, and the kids speak Portuguese with a mom behind the dad's back. It's hilarious. Oh. And, and um, Andrew Lincoln comes back with more fucking cue cards and he knocks on the door again. Oh <laughs> but, but. He's still but at it. There's what a the twist. Because like he said, you know, you know, I'm not going to bother you anymore. I'm going to go marry a supermodel or whatever. He reveals that he actually married Kate Moss, who also has cue cards. It's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. And then you see Liam Neeson's kid come up to him to tell him that he asked the American girl to marry him. And she's there too. She's there too. And they're all grown up and they're telling dad that they're getting married. My heart. And the prime minister is still with Natalie and he's still dancing like an idiot. Except I think now it's hotline bling. But, <laughs> but he's dancing like an idiot in, in, in 12 Downing. It's oh, a wonderful, wonderful heart. sequel Hotline that Blingo. they did for, um, shoot, what did they do it for? They did it for um, Comic Relief for yeah. Red Nose Day. Red, Red, Red Nose, Nose Day. Day, yes. Red they did it for Comic Day. Relief and it, it was good. It was Richard Curtis writing and directing once again, got everybody back together. You know, even Mr. Bean's in this. So, you know, every they got oh, oh, wow. every damn buddy back together. Cause was he was he like flourishing, you know, all these movements decorating? Of course, you gotta watch it. Box. I'm gonna share yes. it in the group after this. Oh yeah. It'll it'll give I you the fuzzies, honestly. Because it's just so nice because you remember all these characters. And it's just it's it's like it's a reunion awesome of seeing sorts. what they're all up to. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Oh, actually, just pretty sad that obviously Alan Rickman couldn't mm-hmm. join. MJ did touch on um, on Snape, aka Alan Rickman. You know, you know, like Snape and uh, Professor Trelawney being together is probably one of the saddest stories. <laughs> but you know, eventually we do know what happens to Professor Snape Absolutely. or Alan Rickman. <laughs> I think he gets yeah, he gets some sort of punishment, right? Oh yeah, so funny you mentioned that because another Christmas movie with Alan Rickman is also considered a classic by a lot of people like Mark Jumampo and Carlo M. Cantoria and we already mentioned this earlier. Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. The cool thing about Die Hard is if you watch it right after Love Actually, you can see Snape getting punished for what he did to Professor Trelawney. Like seriously, okay? You do not oh do that God. to Emma Thompson. No, no, no. You are getting no, you dropped off the building. No, you do not. Oh, but mm-hmm. I, I watched Die Hard again recently, and can I just say Alan Fuck Rickman yeah. was amazing in it. Like I was fucking blown away. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Especially that. Especially that part where um he he goes face to face with John McClane and John McClane doesn't know that he's <laughs> he Hans and he pretends to be one of the office guys and he switches American to an American accent, accent so smoothly. Yeah. Yes. But still, I was that gave me goosebumps. And, and that's like, something Holy shit, that's something cool, is, right? So oh like the first God. Die Hard came out in what, 87, 88? And Alan Rickman was 42. And that was like the movie that really made him famous. And he, whenever he was interviewed, he would always say, just don't give up on whatever you love, whatever you're passionate about. Don't give up. Look at me. I was only four. I was 42 before I became famous. Absolutely. God bless his soul. I miss him. Like he's literally the only person I can take 
with mm-hmm. that kind of like nasally voice. And I, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Usually I'm like because it's so low. It's not like the high annoying. Hello, <laughs> no, hello. you're just doing stitch. It's the low nasal voice. Stitch. I know it's sounded yeah, that, like that's that's even cute, but you know <laughs> but I can't even. Kazan, is the most charming motherfucker in that <laughs> movie. Honestly, he's uh, well dressed. You know, he's cultured. <laughs> he speaks well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you do know he's a dangerous villain if he's charming and if he's rich. Yeah, I know. The bad, well. the good guy's just running around barefoot in an undershirt in his wool. Yeah, yeah. Why can't he put some fucking shoes on? I know it's a he running guy. The ones come he got on, were too small. Shoes on. <laughs> How about the ones you walked in with, dumbass? But anyway, <laughs> uh, um, I don't even know why there has been this great debate on why Die Hard is or isn't a Christmas movie. I don't know where it started, but for some reason, people are arguing about it. So, how about do, do you guys consider Die Hard? I, okay, a Christmas here movie? I want to hear what Misha thinks because up until like three years ago is only when <laughs> I accepted it as a Christmas movie. Look, okay. But, Okay, the the argument of a lot of people that it couldn't be a Christmas, it's not a Christmas movie, is they say they could have said it at any time of year, right? That's what they say. But if you that's look true. at it, I don't think that's entirely true because you know it takes place at an he 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 gets together with his wife specifically because it is the holidays and that's when families get together. So he figures he's going to give his marriage one more shot. You know, they meet at the office Christmas party. Mm. The office building is pretty much empty because it's Christmas. That's why the bad guys get to pull their heist. So mm. you couldn't have said it at some other time of the year, you know. Um, all of all of those things um, come together. That's why everyone was on low security. That's why that's why um, the building was empty. That's all. And, and you know, um, it really was about how... Yeah, how families come together during the holidays and what you're willing to do, I guess, to help the ones you love. So in a very bloody, brutal kind of way, it is a Christmas movie. And it, you know, the end credits, they play Let It Snow. So yeah, it's totally a Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) We also like sneak in some parts in the musical score where you have like Christmas, dramatic Christmas songs playing while people are shooting each other in the face. Jingle bells in there. (laughs) Yeah, they did. (laughs) So yeah, um, I guess it's just, it is at the end of it, somehow families getting together. But you know, if you're not one for like all the warm fuzzies all throughout the movie, then yeah, watch Die Hard. What you said earlier about Christmas not being everybody's cup of tea, that's entirely true because because emotions are heightened, because families are reuniting, you know, that can take a toll on a lot of people for whom this is not their cup of tea. And that's why it's become, you know, screenwriter shorthand. If you're feeling fucking lazy just to show that your character's depressed, set your movie at Christmas and have them be alone, right? The audience already knows by default that this person is depressed because mm. why are they alone at Christmas? So, yeah, they're, 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 they're lazy. Mm. Yeah, but Die Hard, so I good. thoroughly the enjoyed it. It's so good. It's ridiculous. It's just so different because, uh, you know, traditionally, what, back during that time, what were your traditional Christmas movies? The Grinch, you know, it's a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, it's a beautiful life. I don't know, Rudolph the Red Nosed Rain. That was, you, you, it's, it's all about Christmas spirit, Christmas cheer. It's all about happiness, you know, joy. But then you have fucking Bruce Willis, who was a sitcom. Pretty much sitcom, dramedy. Let's go with dramedy. It was a detective show. Drama, okay, fine. Dramedy, yeah, dramedy type actor, 
That's not your right. typical action heroes look like the, the Terminator day, or Rambo. Days, not your typical. Yeah, you had like Dolph Lundgren, you had like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then you have this right, the normal you had guy. This guy who's not even like <laughs> the this this dude like walks in to a party yeah. trying to reconcile with his wife. It can, starts can I just up say people. though, like the hmm. first five minutes of this movie, you see its age. First off, he's literally got his gun on him on the yeah. plane as a cop. <laughs> And the second he gets to the terminal, he lights a fucking cigarette yeah. while waiting for his luggage. He's, and I'm like, this movie is so yeah. 80s. <laughs> People can like, smoke wow. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you can smoke anywhere. And, you know, uh, obviously how how people were dressed. And God, can I just also mention how he starts off with a white tank top and midway it's mm. black <laughs> or Red. Well, some crawling through like, all damn. the air ducts and you know, killing like all those people. You know. You... Yeah. lang. Andong is lang for a Christmas movie. But I liked it. I yeah, really enjoyed it. I can understand why Jake Peralta J- loves this Jake movie Peralta so much. Jake Peralta can though. recite this movie. And I respect this. Because I can too. But yes. no, I was going to say that I think part of the debate comes <laughs> to the fact that this was released as a traditional summer blockbuster. It, it came out in the middle of the summer. It didn't come out at Christmas. Mm. So I guess for a lot of people, subconsciously, they weren't even thinking that. Mm, interesting. So when did it become? When did be, when did it become a Christmas movie? Was it immediately right after the release? That no, I'd say like the last right 10, 15 years. That's the only time it really became like mm. the whole postmodern thing. Now. Die Hard is totally a Christmas movie. Like retroactively, it became a Christmas movie. Wow. Mm, that's interesting. So I'm not. It's not. I'm not too. It's not too late, for me to find to accept this. It's fairly recent. Because like the okay, okay, perfect example. <laughs> the Spider-Man second movie is set at Christmas, but I don't think of it as a Christmas movie. Does that make sense? The second movie, yeah, I don't consider it a Christmas what? movie. It just happens to be set at Christmas. Hmm. Okay, okay. That, that's because the, the hmm. second movie hmm. isn't <laughs> as good, honestly. Yeah, for I mean, like, that reason alone, it's not a Christmas it's like movie. They only set it at Christmas because the first one was set at uh, Christmas. They didn't have any deeper purpose behind it. It's kind of like Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve again. I said, like, let's just do what worked last time. Let's do what worked so, last time. <laughs> recurring like, they, theme. They literally have Bruce Willis in the movies say, how can the same shit happen to the same guys two years in a row? So, yeah. So, lesson learned. We will once again just go <laughs> oh back to the original. This isn't a <laughs> Christmas episode. It's an avoid after. the sequels and remakes episode. <laughs> That's true. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, let, okay, fine. Since you you mentioned something about seek, avoiding sequels and 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 and, and franchise or whatever, I, there's this one Christmas movie that I really enjoyed. That does not have a sequel, so we're pretty safe from that. I really like mm-hmm. the Nightmare Before Christmas. Personally, Ooh, one of my favorites. Yes, that was also mentioned by Antoinette. Yeah, it's on it's a Instagram. musical for one. You know, everything was mm-hmm, sang mm-hmm. by Danny Elfman. I love the Nightmare Before Christmas. Interesting. Even if it was a Tim Burton movie, which always always gives off a Halloween vibe. This was uh, specifically very whimsical still. You know, despite the Halloween-y visuals, you still had very Christmassy elements to it. Yeah. It's it's interesting that parang, but people, um, a lot, what a lot of people don't realize is that it's not a Tim Burton-directed movie. Um, it was a, it was a, it was Tim Burton's original work, but he had his friend direct it for him because he was in the middle of right, shooting the sequel right. of Batman. That, that is time. a good Christmas movie. So he had to... Batman Returns is a good Christmas Returns is a good Christmas movie. <laughs> I love that fucking movie. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Uh, well, I can't believe we got to Batman. <laughs> 
I also did not expect. I did not expect. We're on I did this not see list. This coming. I did not expect <laughs> Batman. No, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. Bear with me. Bear with me. The first Batman movie, <laughs> Tim Burton was still working within the studio guidelines. He already had a hit with Beetlejuice, so the studio is like, okay, we kind of trust you. Make your Batman mm. movie. And then the Batman movie he made in 1989 was like the biggest fucking movie ever at that point. So by the time the sequel came along and Tim Burton wasn't interested in doing a sequel, they had to say, you can do whatever you want. So Batman Returns is the most Tim Burton-y movie that, that Tim Burton has ever made. Precisely because there was nobody to tell him no. And it's so traumatized children and it's so horrified parents, they would not let him direct another one. And that's part of the reason I love it. Because remember what I said earlier about Christmas being about the season where screenwriter shorthand of showing how somebody is lonely, how somebody is broken, how somebody is emotionally fragile by having them be alone during the holidays, right? This movie is about three fucking broken people and how they each try to deal with their own personal traumas. There's this kid billionaire who still can't get over the death of his parents. There's this woman who's been ignored her entire life until she's thrown out of a window and brought back to life by some cat saliva. And then there's this child who was abandoned by <laughs> his parents you know when he should have been prince of the city just because he was different and he had no idea why other children got to go home to their parents and he had to live in the fucking sewers with penguins and how all of these broken figures just happened to congregate in crazy weird ass costumes and you know fight for control of the city it, it it just worked somehow and they maximized the entire christmas season of it from the Christmas tree lighting to 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 how annoying it can get sometimes with all the people collecting for charities on the sidewalks. You know, Santa Claus ringing his little bell outside the department store collecting for whatever charity. And it's just, it is the most, Tim, it's a more scathing indictment of Christmas than Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's by the same dude. It's it's still Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas was just as Tim Burton movie. as it's Batman. It's a Tim Burton movie. <laughs> That's why I love Batman Returns. It has next to nothing to do with Batman. Batman is barely in it if you watch. It's about Penguin and Catwoman most of the time. That, yeah, that's very true. Batman's just there for the action sequences, but that's it. Because Michael Keaton wasn't entirely comfortable in the outfit also. He also had to be convinced to come back. Again, studio took the wrong lessons from it and let Jim Carrey do whatever the hell he wanted in Batman Forever. So, you know, it got ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's just amazing that Tim Burton was able to do two Christmas movies with very mm-hmm. dark themes mm-hmm. at the same time. Because he, you know, like he was, I'm pretty sure he, you know, he had a very big part in um in Nightmare Before Christmas while he was shooting. But that's just it's just nuts. I wonder what the logistics were like being him. That's just yeah. crazy. I th- I think Batman Returns works on the same level as Home Alone to some degree because kids have always, at some point, felt like an outsider. Somebody from the outside who's looking in, and that is Bruce Wayne all oh, yeah. the damn way. You know, it's that's why I don't subscribe to um, Quentin Tarantino's analysis of Superman and Batman from Kill Bill Two. I agree with it on a physiological level, but not on a thematic character-based level because. In Kill Bill, Tarantino argues that somebody like Uma Thurman's bride can never give up being an assassin because it's just who and what she is. That's and she said, and Bill says that's what Superman is. You know, Superman is a god. He has no disguise to remove. He is who he is, 
And that's what that's that, that's it. Versus Batman. Batman is the costume. Superman is who he is. Batman is a costume. But they got it completely backwards because as far as Bruce Wayne is concerned, Bruce Wayne died the night his parents died. Ever since then, he's been Batman. And that's what Tim Burton fucking understood. Mm-hmm. And that's what Michael Keaton loved about the approach. Bruce Wayne is the disguise, not the, not the bat suit. <laughs> he's never more comfortable when he's beating the shit out of criminals. He hates doing the whole playboy, you know, aloof thing. That's the disguise. That's what I loved what Christian Bale's portrayal of it, where he would pay, you know, the entire Russian ballet to hang out in his yacht just so he looks like a big, badass playboy. It's always been because, Batman. You know, he's never happier than when he's in that stupid cape. Versus Superman, who was raised human, his values are what make him a hero because he was raised by farmers. It wasn't because he had powers. It was because he was raised by good people. That's I what really Cavill never Snyder saw never understood. As a Christmas figure ever, but no. <laughs> He's the loneliest little boy in the world. That's Batman. Batman has a lot of good Christmas stories, though. He does. You have Batman Noel. That's really good. Um, It's a comic book. You should watch the Mm -hmm, Christmas mm -hmm. special of Batman the Animated Series, the one where Joker has a song about Batman. It's really good, too. I mean, it's it's Batman the Animated Series, but and then of course Batman Returns. Good stuff. The most traumatizing Batman Batman movie ever. (sighs) I I really probably should not have watched that. At, you know, as a child, but I could not take my eyes off the screen. I just knew it was wrong. It was messed up. It was disturbing. I still do. I still watch I it. I loved it. And I still do. We do talk about this in our horrifying non-horror <laughs> freaking, episodes. Freaking Last bleeding Halloween? penguin with green blood. <laughs> That's right. Black green blood. Coming back. Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> all right. So, whew, I never thought we'd ever have that conversation. I, I did. But all right. Batman. Bisha, Bisha just gave it away. Batman I mean, like, returns. I was supposed to be like, that one thing I wanted to do was to kind of like bring in Batman. Aww. And then he was like, oh my God, Batman Returns is such a good... Christmas. Oh, that was supposed to be... <laughs> Thanks for stealing my thunder, Misha. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. So much for Anjo's curveball. Oh, and um, speaking of curveballs, there's this one really interesting um, entry by II underscore SGCN. Uh, this user actually suggested Female Trouble by John Waters. Have you guys heard of that? I have not. What is this Waters, movie about? Female Trouble, but I've never it's seen it. It's actually a dark comedy starring one of our favorite drag queens, Divine, who we also Ursula? have mentioned. Yes, Ursula, basically. So it's not what you expect from a Christmas movie, but it, it actually starts off at Christmas. It all, like, shit starts when um, the protagonist. Um, it goes apeshit when her parents refuse to give her the shoes she wants for Christmas because, mm-hmm. like, apparently they're like, uh, really, they think it's like, oh, that's those are slutty heels. Good girls don't have those kind of heels, those <laughs> cha-cha heels. And uh, yeah, that just it's it's also like it starts off with that whole dysfunctional family dynamic, and it gets so fucking dark. It ends up somehow with murder. <laughs> crime and all this shit you don't expect but it does start off because of christmas it's like it's fucking dark you guys so if it's if you're one of those people who doesn't like this like um fuzzy warm lovey-dovey christmas shit oh dude watch watch female trouble and divine's in it so it's gonna be delightful that's kind of interesting because i would never associate murder in a christmas movie except maybe oh, for not, die hard not just <laughs> 
Not just murder. <laughs> I think it, it. Oh, it's way darker. It's way darker than Die Hard. It has like oh, oh my god, so many, so much crime. The interesting thing about it is uh, everything just like snowballs into one chaotic story after this unfortunate Christmas incident. But what's interesting about this is just how John Waters and Divine collaborations, their their films together are so fucked up. <laughs> like, absolutely. so absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and um, they like to explore whatever's taboo because, like, I guess given mm-hmm. these times that these movies were made, drag wasn't as accepted as it is now. Like, now we have a freaking reality show that's been winning Emmys that's all about mm-hmm. drag. But at that time that these films were made, they really paved the way for drag and drag queens. And since it was such a taboo thing back then, they really, like pushed the limit on what they could do. Like, we already started with drag in general as something taboo. Let's just fucking roll with it and, like, put all the dark shit we could. We just experiment and make people's jaws drop. And that's just, like, what I find so amazing about Divine and John Waters movies. They just really push the envelope on what's considered taboo. And another thing, I didn't expect it to be a Christmas movie that we could put on this list, but this user, I I underscore SGCN, was like, (laughs) hit the nail on the head with like the unconventional Christmas movie so we could add to this list. I should should probably find a copy of this movie Uh, and watch it, but not with my family. No, no, do not. I'll watch it with you. I'll watch it with you (laughs) guys. For the love of God, don't watch it with your family. I am not watching this with my wife. It has oh, so much. It has so much murder. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she might be down uh-huh. for that. I think something that Christmas movies do well is that it makes us confront uncomfortable truths about ourselves when the world is forcing us to be happy. Oh, yeah. Like things that could totally... Uh, case in point, female trouble. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. It's like... How you choose to confront your demons that you've been avoiding the whole year because there's no work during this time in general, right? So you and everyone, the whole world just kind of pauses for about like a week or so towards the end of the year to make way for Christmas and New Year and all these things. So you are left essentially to contemplate all of your mistakes, all of your troubles, all of your anger, all of your angst. Because I'm telling you, like, the absolute worst thing in the world to be left alone with a lot of the time is your own thoughts. Especially when everyone around you is forcing you to smile. Yeah, and it starts out with fucking shoes that she didn't get for Christmas. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, so interesting how this all unfolds. Yeah, I gotta watch this movie. But if if you guys are curious, I don't want to spoil anything. It is a dark Christmas movie, but this, I feel like it does apply as a Christmas movie. Because, you know, shit starts because of Christmas. Lalang! Yeah, so may- maybe you could, like, prepare Home Alone after. I would probably <laughs> just, suggest Just as a palate cleanser. Something, yeah, like a palate cleanser. Something, like, really light and easy to watch. Just that like another film suggested by a bunch of people. Um... Uh, another movie suggested by uh, my Atenika, my cousin, and Jason. Again, I did not know Jason Sina? was so into holiday Sina? movies. Who is this Jason? Who's this? Ah! Who, who, who suggested it? I like Jake. Some dude named Jake. Peralta? Jake. It's just so interesting that like I'm really not into these holiday movies, but he suggested a lot. So anyway. <laughs> nice. Uh, he suggested... 
Elf, Yay! directed by John Favreau, awesome! starring Will Ferrell, and it's probably a good Christmas movie to follow up after you watch Female probably, Trouble. Probably, you know, oh, judging by I how you know the, your description of Female Trouble, this sounds like an appropriate movie to follow it with, follow it up with. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love so, John Favreau's love debut yes. film. Well. well yeah, I actually was surprised because I watched it years mm-hmm. back and then I watched it again recently and then nagulat ako like oh it's John Favreau I did not expect mm-hmm. that but it is utterly delightful it has Zoe Deschanel without bangs and you I bizarre, almost did not recognize bizarre. her it's like a whole nother it person. is I know but you know she's not as annoying and quirky here I'm she's quirky, quirky but not annoying so <laughs> I, I love Zoe Deschanel in this not movie. annoyingly quirky but this she's was, not at yeah. that this level yet this was before yet, the height of her manic pixie dream girl she hadn't thing. she hadn't figured out her branding yet basically yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we didn't have your 500 well, days of summer after 500 days of summer she just became uh, you know like tiring well she in, in, in Elf she was like just the right amount of quirky because you got her like uh, she's working at a Christmas store and you know initially all grumpy working but, in a Christmas store but you know she eventually is the one that helps save Christmas at the end but let's talk about Will Ferrell of course I want to get to Will Ferrell because I honestly thought it was going to be cringe because it is actually possible to get sick of watching Will Ferrell act the fool, you know. You've seen him so many times in SNL and his many, many comedies and, you know, just like the influx of stupid characters by Will Ferrell can get a little bit sickening, you know. It gets too far sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But this is the film where you want to see Will Ferrell at his most ridiculous cuckoo bananas version of himself with a sprinkle of cheer Christmas cheer so this is a good one to go for like this is one of his best I, I think opinion. what makes it work is the sincerity in his performance it's there's nothing cynical about it whatsoever you like it's look he looks yeah. genuinely happy to be talking about Christmas and Santa Claus and the other elves and making toys and giving presents and I, I I love that that they juxtapose it against his grumpy ass father who just hates everything yeah. who's played by James Kahn <laughs> and they, 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 they play off each other great and it's not yet the Will Ferrell of later years where he's just doing the same thing over and over yeah. again yeah. here it was still something fresh and here and they were backing it up with I think <laughs> yeah. some genuine sentiment because Will Ferrell had this has this Thing where he gets to play this lovable fish out of water idiot man child. There you go. That, that he pulls off in Elf surprisingly well. You know, that gets tiring in um, uh, Anchorman 2. There's a very oh, big man. difference between I that. I'm so upset with Andrew, Anchorman 2. Yeah. But um, it's That's not a yeah. opportunity. So, and then essentially they're able to tell this story, this father and son story. You know, that just I guess, again, we're going back to. to um, to what MJ said about family dynamics, like with Will Ferrell, he's estranged to his father because you know he grew up as an adopted kid, mm-hmm. strangely adopted in the North adopted Pole by elves, by elves. <laughs> and he had no idea. He had, he had no, no idea. He had, he had no, no idea. idea. No matter how giant he is compared to everybody else, but, what is you know, that? Like, and again, going back to what we mentioned earlier, this movie had just has so much heart in it because you know there's just. This genuine performance, these genuine performances by all these characters, and I guess the the filmmakers, the writers from from the filmmakers to the writers, you know, 
to the performers like everything was just so genuine and they had so much passion for this movie yeah Absolutely. I was I was so ready to roll my eyes at it because like from the get-go it's so Christmassy down to the set you 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 started off at Santa's workshop mm-hmm. with elves who are happy to work yeah. like the fuck <laughs> who the hell likes work but but it, it just it starts off that way I was so ready to cringe but Will Ferrell just embracing the character so wholeheartedly not worried about looking like a fucking mm-hmm. idiot wearing a fucking elf mm-hmm. suit the entire yes. movie Did you know? and just being so genuinely excited at everything it, it just Did works. you know that they actually shot those um those scenes where he he finds his way to New York um with a guerrilla guerrilla crew like parang they were yeah just, like on the like, street he was like street. going up to actual people yeah. they had no idea what was going on yeah what? yeah that was yeah, real their reactions were real and then um oh that's so it cool it was just him Favre and then one of the, the one of the producers saying the real risk of it was somebody hitting Will Ferrell back <laughs> or something <laughs> oh. like, I remember I think there's this one scene I just hear this big dude's met in an elf suit messing around with you while you're walking in New York in New York of all places but that's the beauty of New York you know how they always say that New Yorkers are blasé because they've seen everything especially yeah. in movies they've fucking seen everything yeah. you know they've seen crime they've seen corruption they've seen stay puff marshmallow men they've seen aliens they've seen godzilla step on their city new yorkers have seen everything they've seen will ferrell in a fucking elf costume and you know it did not phase them uh-uh. but i think that's why christmas as a theme works especially in that movie New Christmas in New York takes on added significance because if if the most jaded city on the planet can find the time to spread a little cheer, you know, then there's maybe hope for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And I think it, that's yeah. why it works that Will Ferrell goes to New York to find his grumpy father and and it was just fun seeing all, you know, all the 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 New Yorky Christmassy landmark things like the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center or Central Park all dressed up and all the lights in all the department store Santas. You know, Will Ferrell so excited. <laughs> Santa! You're a liar! You're not Santa! It's me, buddy! <gasps> and I really loved... I, I knew I loved this movie. I mean, I already liked it because it was just so off-kilter, but I fucking fell in love with it when it became a Rankin-Bass stop-motion homage. Oh, brilliant. It that was, was like amazing. one of the most stoner things they could <laughs> do to the movie. stop-motion like Rankin-Bass. crazy. Would you like to explain this reference for our Gen oh, Z? Right, <laughs> okay. right. For okay, our okay. Gen Z Rankin audience. Bass. Oh, we have Gen Z Rankin-Bass was like this production company that made these stop-motion animated specials back in the day like there was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer there was Frosty the Snowman okay and back in the days of free TV they would show these things every year okay for you Gen Zers if you see a clip on YouTube or on Facebook or on TikTok of a freaking clay Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that's you know that's most likely a Rankin and Bass clip yeah pretty much much, I I imagine so Mm -hmm. and (laughs) <laughs> it just became funny because one of Will Ferrell's friends, his it's stop motion friend, was a narwhal. <laughs> Mr. Narwhal. Okay, Mr. Do you know narwhal. who voiced the narwhal? Do you know who voiced narwhal? Who voiced the narwhal? It was John Favreau. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, that was John Favreau who voiced the narwhal. <laughs> that makes it even better. That makes it even better. John Favreau already makes a cameo before uh, after that. Like he's he's the doctor right. who who um did the paternity yeah, test. Yep. 
when the grumpy old dad was like, who is this fucking psycho <laughs> following me around saying that he's my son and then he takes a paternity test and voila. Oh, he's my son. Yeah, he's my son. And the, the doctor is John Favreau. You know what the bonus is of this movie is if we, it launched John Favreau's career as a as a director. If we, without without Elf, we probably wouldn't have been able to get Iron Man. We would probably wouldn't have been... Oh, that's that's different. We're talking about like <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get the book of Boba Fett without freaking John Favreau. That he might is not, true. you know, if he wasn't, if his career did not take off as a director, you he might not been able to do the Mandalorian. Right, 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 right. That's true. So that's this launched true. this launched careers, but the one or chef yes. or chef. I love chef. Oh, man, I fucking chef love chef. Brilliant. Yeah, that but, is such a feel good movie. It, ha- it literally has no mm. conflict, but you just enjoy. Well, the one it. conflict they had there was pretty hilarious too. His meltdown in the restaurant. Yeah, that was the best. Uh, yeah, that's that's early on. Conflict yeah. ish. Conflict ish. Yeah. <laughs> no, but okay. But the one thing that really impressed me with this movie was how it was shot. Because you'd think they would be using CG for 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 Will Ferrell, because you know he's a freaking giant. Oh yeah, with, yeah. He's a giant as it is. But then you know to put elves, put him with elves. That's like a different level of giant. Yeah, I get, and the, I'm guessing the decision to shoot it in to do that effect in camera really helped the budget also, and that's something that Favreau brought forward into his later movies where he could take like smaller budgets but make them look like you know like a big blockbuster thing. I mean, mm-hmm. just look at Iron Man; yes. it did not cost as much as one would think. The first Iron Man. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I love really? John Favreau yes. as a director. So I'm really happy. I'm really happy he made this. I love him as the ultimate fighting yeah. champion, boyfriend of Monica. <laughs> I, I like the rest that football player in the replacements, you know. <laughs> also <laughs> it's good. The dumb cop. It's like, ah, oh, he just wants to tackle people. Cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Such a gem of a human, so talented. Yeah. Okay, so um, another suggestion. <laughs> this is funny because um, Nikki, who says, Yes, I am basic. The holiday. It's like, hey, girl, I don't care if it's basic. I freaking love the holiday. It's a good movie. Okay. It's Kate Winslet and Jack Black. Yeah, it's. And it's. it's I don't think it's basic. No, it's not. It's not. not. I just got to share this is the movie that made me fall in love with Jack Black. Like, people usually roll their eyes or, like, give me this funny look when I say I have a crush on Jack Black. But mm-hmm. this is the movie that really hit the mark for the, me. Because everybody else had their eyes on Jude Law. Because, like, oh, he's the hot Jude one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but but I was head over heels over Jack Black, and who would have thought that he could play that rom com um, love interest to to Kate fucking Winslet? This was the most un Jack Black Jack Black performance ever. Absolutely, that makes very, sense. Was was very Jack Black, especially when he was like playing his little his his, his like uh, um, he was on the Maybe. keyboard and you like you know being all Jack Black. I think it's the same thing as Will Ferrell in Elf that because he anchored this particular performance in some emotional reality mm-hmm. that it wasn't the caricature that his later movies would yeah, make yeah. him right. It wasn't annoying yet. Mm-hmm. Because it was coming yeah. from someplace real in this Mas case. Ako sa kanya kaysa kay, kay Jude Jude I swear. <laughs> like, see? Guys, I don't always have twisted priorities. Because at the end of the day, you want to spend the rest of your life with someone who makes you laugh. And that's Jack Black for me. <laughs> yes, somebody who does um, Avengers TikTok videos in his underpants. <laughs> his TikTok videos are amazing. They're you gold. shut your mouth. You shut your I love. <laughs> to this day, I 
fucking love Jack Black so much. And the holiday just really did it for me. I swear, Jack Black, another gem of a human. But I can totally relate to um, Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet's characters here. They are like, they are like also jaded in terms of the holidays, which is why they get away, which is why they go off to trade houses with each other mm-hmm. and like the holiday, <laughs> as yeah, the title says. On a holiday, it goes back to what, what Misha, <laughs> really? Misha said about those tropes where people are, you know, lonely. like lonely. Is they, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. do something out of character for each one of them. Then you have movies like these. And as much as Anjo hates the song, and the band. I just couldn't <laughs> relate more to Cameron Diaz blasting the killer's Mr. Brightside <laughs> with a glass of wine screaming to the top of her lungs alone in a house, in a oh. cottage. I forgive Cameron Diaz just because she's Cameron Diaz. But fuck but, that song. Oh man, if you guys could see Anjo's face when she was describing the scene. Whoa. It looked like <laughs> it looked like his skin was trying to escape his skull and strangle my. I, 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 I don't care. I don't care. I love the song and I love that scene with Cameron Diaz because I completely relate to it. I'm not gonna deny it. it's a pretty good song, but I hate the killers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the holiday not basic at all. Yeah, no. I agree. Nope, no, nope, it's nope. not. It's so relatable. I think you know, like going through the movies that we've listed down and that you've you've suggested. I think the one thing in common that that we've all that these movies have together, you know, is probably is is the heart, the human experience aspect of the stories that are being told. Because each one of us can, be, you know, will be able to relate to some of the characters that are involved in this movie without it being so. It, it either exaggerated or just unrealistic because everything is pretty real. Even freaking Batman can be at some point <laughs> relatable and realistic. <laughs> fucking Batman. Yeah. Even, I, if, I even, if, even Jack Skellington who lives in a town called fucking Halloween Town is relatable. And he's made of clay. Clay, exactly. <laughs> he's you know, made it, of freaking it, you know, clay. The, it's, it's just, it's, it's, Christmas. Christmas brings out brings about different emotions. It could be sad. It could be happy. But one thing's for sure: it will connect to you as a person. That's what's important. That's what makes a good Christmas movie. Very not because of, that. but that's not, not because of it trying to cash in on the fact that it's a ho- freaking holiday movie. Yes. Yeah, we're talking to Hallmark. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What really makes a Christmas movie isn't even you know the trappings of the holiday. Or it's not the tree. It's not the presents. As stupid as this sounds, and this sounds like the moral of a Charlie Brown Christmas, I think. <laughs> But it really what you, what you said is absolutely you absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's the emotion that that the movie would bring to the table that determines whether or not it's just a holiday cash grab or if it actually has something to say about mm-hmm. people. And that's why you know I mean you know Batman Returns about broken people. That's why Die Hard you know, about a man who wants to fix his family. You know he wants to. And he's trying to reconcile his personal insecurities with, you know, this 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 um this high flying executive life that his wife now enjoys, and he can't relate to because he's just a regular New York beat cop. Yep. And how those two worlds are juxtaposed, but he's gonna try and make it work, even if it kills him. And that's that's the spirit of Christmas, where where it brings things uh, it brings things out of people. You know, it makes them express emotions in different ways. Absolutely. 
And I think that's a good mm. note to end on for this episode. <laughs> so it's it's nice to know that we have all these wonderful films to watch during the holidays. And there's something that you can really pull out of it, like genuine human emotion and experience during what could possibly be the happiest season or the loneliest one. So there's always a Christmas movie for Anybody, no matter what end of the spectrum you are and how you feel about the holidays, there's something to watch and enjoy while it's all cold and people are singing Christmas songs. Cold but talaga sa atin? Eh, coldish. Yeah. Coldish? Okay, I'll coldish. take it. I'll take like it. I'll take coldish. Light sweater. It's been cold. <laughs> like light hoodie weather, I guess. In general. Yeah. But yes, uh, thank you to everybody who sent in the responses. Um, there were a lot more that we weren't able to discuss, but uh, we wish we had more time for them. But thank you uh, to everybody who we've already mentioned earlier. Thank you also to Jox Gonzalez and uh, Mean who sent in their responses and everybody following us and listening to this mm-hmm. podcast. Yay! We Woo-hoo. hope you have a very, very wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas, and guys. Merry Christmas. Yeah, a lot of wine, a lot of food, lot great of food. movies to sit and watch with your family or alone. And yeah, we're just right there with you, celebrating getting fat with you. So thank <laughs> you for joining us. <laughs> hey, everybody Just gets in fat. case it's you okay. missed out on any movies... Just let us know. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. our Facebook group, Subutours We Like Movies. You can hit us up on Instagram, sub underscore O Tours. And or you can just message us on our Facebook page, Sub Tours. Yeah. Yeah. We share a lot of fun stuff there. So make sure to follow us and stay tuned for more episodes. This has been Sub Tours, the movie podcast. My name is MJ. I'm Misha. Angela. Bye. Oh, I didn't get to bother Anjo while he was doing that and extra. You were doing the extra. No, you did the socials. Oh, I did. <laughs> ah, so oh, yeah. It's the Christmas spirit. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Oh, we can include this whole thing. We can, because Misha's still singing. Yeah, he's still going. Uh, I got excited for I got excited for Christmas just recording this episode.